Welcome to Moonbeaming, a podcast about creativity, magic, tarot, lunar living, and more. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I am so happy you are here today. Hello, everyone. It is so great to be here with you this week. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for buying my book. Thanks to you, I've been in the top new releases on Amazon. No, we don't love Amazon here. Yes, this is the only way I can tell what's going on with my book because I have released it through a publisher. So I don't know what's going on. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sending you virtual hugs, so much love, so much gratitude. So I just wanted to start off by saying that it's this book was such a beast of a project. I'm so relieved it's out in the world. And I'm so relieved that some of you are really loving it. So it just warms my heart. So again, wow, thank you. This is a big week, friends. We have the solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere, of course, we have a summer solstice, so it's a little bit different energy. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, the solstice is really, in my practice, a time to dream in the dark, a time to rest, a time to reset. In my own life, I always try to honor solstices by cleaning organizing. And if I can't quite get it together (laughs) all the way, I at least take some time to figure out what I need to do to get it together at a later time in the coming weeks, in the coming winter weeks. In so many Slavic and Eastern European cultures, which is where my ancestry stems from, there's this through line of practices of folklore, of demons or sort of like weird, scary creatures visiting houses to make sure that they have cleaned and organized enough. And if they haven't, there's some kind of like punishment, right? So I can see this correlation between cleaning, storing up resources for the winter. The solstice is this marker that reminds us, yes, the light is in fact returning. And also what is going to get us through this in-between time would be food, comfort, space to dream, time to rest, And of course, the solstice is usually about rebirth, this time of light returning to the Northern Hemisphere. So thinking about what we need to do during this time before we really see the tangible light returning in late February, early March, how do we have the space to welcome in the new? I will also try to have a bonfire or have some kind of small fire, and I'll take hours to reflect what is working, what didn't work, what do I need to forgive myself for, what have I learned, and what am I calling in? Who or what do I need to have gratitude for and give thanks for all of that? And who or what do I need to let go of? What's the biggest thing that I need to work on in this coming year? That's sort of what my general vibe of marking and honoring the solstice usually is. 
And of course, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, shout out to my Australian listeners and my listeners in New Zealand. Shout out, you know, you are in summer. You are blooming. You are blossoming. You are stretching out more. It's a really vibrant energy that you can play with and work with. Of course, we're also one week past the last solar eclipse of the year. And as we all know, eclipses take time to move through us. You know, like this eclipse for me was a doozy. I got a lot of information. I got a lot of messages. I had a lot of realizations. I really had the intention to make way for truth. And I got it. I got insights. And the truth sometimes can be a bummer before we acknowledge it and move on with it. So we're probably still moving through this. You know, we're probably still looking at specific patterns that were highlighted. So the ask is, how can you make peace or how can you make shifts? And again, if you want more guidance around eclipse energy, you can listen to that eclipse episode I recorded for you around eclipses last month. You know, it's really what we do with the information that is coming through that feels really resonant that can help us step into more alignment moving forward. When I pulled the card for this week, I did do a little gasp, I did do a little dance. The card of the week is the King of Swords, and this seems really apt with these themes of truth, these themes of awakenings, rebirth. What do you do with the truth? What do you do with what you know, your wisdom, or other forms of knowing? How do you put your beliefs or values into action? How is clarity going to aid you in forward movement and next steps? You know, in the self-development world, there's this hunger and this drive to up-level, get better, become a better version of yourself, like become the 2.0, become the 3.0. And you know, to an extent, I am here for that. To an extent, I am here for that, for sure. And also, so much of what I believe and so much of what I teach in my practice is that we really aren't so much up-leveling as much as we are uncovering. We're getting to the heart of who we are, of what we believe And this week, we've got solstice energy, we've got great conjunction energy, we have Jupiter and Saturn, both now in Aquarius, hanging out together at zero degrees, which generally is this symbol of fresh starts, rebirth, new beginnings. We've got King of Swords energy coming through. We might be called into really figuring out What's going to be the bridge between our new emerging beliefs or the truths we have been discovering and our actions? What one thing could you do 
or say with all these downloads, with all these realizations, with all these intentions, what could you do to move forward in that energy? How does this translate into action? What are you going to do differently? How is that going to start when you get out of bed in the morning? Sometimes I also think of the King of Swords as this accumulation of knowledge around a particular situation or your own wisdom, your own wisdom around a subject. So if you've got that accumulation, meaning if you've got that storehouse of wisdom, where would you like that to go? How will you let that change you? So spend some time at the start of this week, solstice energy, paying attention to what you feel called to do, and really stake your claim energetically and communicate it. You've achieved such a wealth of self-knowledge, and this isn't the time for doubt or second-guessing yourself. King of Swords energy is this reminder about story. And is this a reminder about memory? And is this a reminder about the interpretation of our brains, of our nervous systems? The King of Swords reminds us that we are not our past. We are not our past. We are not our worst mistake. We are not what someone told us we are. I'm just taking a minute for you to sink that in. King of Swords wants us to look at what is here, what our truths are, and how that helps us get into alignment with our core self, with the actions we're ready to take in service of expansion, in service of becoming more and more of who we are as we uncover this simultaneously. So that's just a reminder, you know, about this archetype, this week, who you are. And if it resonates, I'm glad. If not, pull your own card. I want to hear all about it. Okay, so I feel called to share a little story about myself before I get into the heart of this episode. I've never shared it publicly. From the ages of around seven or eight and about mm, 18 to 19, 20, maybe even a little bit later, it was incredibly difficult for me to speak. It, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm on a podcast. It was incredibly painful for me to speak in public. In school, when I was called on, I did. I talked with close people in my life, like certain members of my family and friends. I did. But publicly, I was so introverted, like to the point of frozenness. I was so shy. And then add on being a very highly sensitive person. So I was picking up on a ton of energy all around me. 
not knowing that was happening. I think that happens a lot with little ones when, you know, someone isn't quite letting you know or teaching you about energy and how it moves through us and our own energy fields. So, you know, when I got older, even there was months where I was afraid to leave my house or engage in in regular transactional communication, like at a store with a shopkeeper or so on and so forth. And, you know, I grew up, I realized I needed to talk. I needed to talk for If I wanted friends, of course, I needed to talk for work, for jobs. I was a waitress for many years, and so much of my work has included communication and still all forms of communication, writing, speaking, are often really difficult for me. And it's ironic because so much of what my intuition or what spirit has told me to do has been to communicate in a more public fashion, whether I was pitching stuff at a corporate job or teaching. I taught for many years to hundreds of people. I still do teach online. I'm talking about teaching at colleges and things like that. Or of course, now I've had to learn how to communicate. And I would also say like, I'm not great at it. I'm still learning all the time. It's a skill set that I have to learn. It does not come naturally to me. And I'm sharing this because I wanted to underscore that when you get a calling or when your intuition is suggesting you do something, it doesn't always correlate with ease and with flow. I think that there is sometimes the belief that synchronicities and flow and ease are hallmarks of a life led in alignment or a life led in right relationship. Sure, sometimes that happens, right? My life is beautiful and joyful and I have really beautiful people in my life and I get to enjoy what I do much of the time. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone should do anything that makes them miserable. And also, I don't think having something be challenging or having something be difficult equal immediately misery or equal, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't be doing this. It is often that resistance that is a signal that, in fact, in order to step into greater healing, in order to step into greater alignment, you, in fact, have to get through the other side of that resistance. And if you're growing and if you're healing, oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I find myself in discomfort. And discomfort is different than you shouldn't be doing this or warning, you know, don't don't proceed. And I and I want to say that because often in the difficult processes, in the difficult practices is where we find healing. It's a catch 22, my babes. If I didn't talk, <laughs> if I stayed a hermit like Hugh Hefner style, you know, I wouldn't 
heal. I wouldn't heal that, you know, paralysis I have, or I wouldn't heal the difficulty that wells up, whatever that is for me. And again, I have my own theories and all of that stuff, but I had to step into it. And of course, over time, it gets easier. But y'all, like when you work for yourself, you're more often than not finding yourself face down on the ground in some way or another. If you work for yourself, more often than not, there's always a different and new set of challenges that tests you on every level. You know, I was laughing before I sat down to record this because last week I uploaded and like thousands of people downloaded it, an unedited version of my podcast, you know, of me like telling my editor like, okay, put the interstitials here. Okay, I'm going to pause and have a drink of water, you know, (laughs) and like, This kind of stuff probably happens to me easily once a week. And before I'll close, I'll just share one other thing. One of my friends who runs a business, you probably know who she is. Um, She's amazing. She does these incredible Oracle decks and, and she's just a phenomenal artist. And I just absolutely adore her. She shared that her Magnum Opus deck, something she's been working on forever that has been fraught with delays because of the pandemic. You know, most businesses have been fraught, especially small ones, right? She just found out that maybe her newest project is destroyed in a shipping accident that she has nothing to do with. And she she felt a little tiny bit destroyed, you know, when she got that news. And that's not uncommon with business owners, with people doing hard things, with people shedding all the time, with people growing, with people learning in public, with folks who do their work in public. So I just, the reason why I'm sharing this with you, there's two reasons, okay? One is, my babes, you know, we're in a, we're in a Hierophant year, we're coming up on a Hierophant year. And that is to say, you know, every teacher, anyone you think of as a leader, any person you're inspired by, they are a human being. You know, they have wounds, they mess up, they try again, they have flaws, they're trying, they're healing, they're in therapy, they're, you know, venting to their friends, they're figuring it out, right? We aren't infallible none of us because we are human and we aren't meant to see each other as the sole source of mm, the problem solver. We aren't meant to plug into other people as if they hold all the secrets or as if like they are the source. So I'm reminding you every time I hop on the microphone, I'm sure I'm reminding you I'm a human being, but I'm reminding you I'm a human being. And while I have so many things figured out in my life and I've done a ton of healing. There's a ton of stuff I still have to heal and there's a ton of stuff I'm still figuring out the same as you, you know, and from my lens, when someone says they've got it all completely figured out that their way is the only way or the best way, I tend to sort of want to back up a few steps, you know, because part of our human practice And our spiritual practice is figuring out 
for ourselves. And part of figuring that out is making mistakes, making mistakes. That's just how we figure things out so frequently. And I don't even know if mistakes are even mistakes, you know? I think we have to reframe failure and mistakes and all of these other things as more of a learning process, you know, more of being able to access our own wisdom, access our own healing, access our own journey. And this is also this like age of Aquarius story too. We have this death of celebrity culture, you know, in so many different industries. We also have the rediscovering and reconnection and re-reminder really that all of us are divine, powerful beings, you know, like a great question to ask yourself and those around you in this, you know, supposed age of Aquarius is how are you serving? Who's benefiting from your service or your work? What are you serving? What energy, what deity, what goddesses, what God, what higher vision are you in conversation with in your days and in your weeks? You know, and then there's the second thing I just want to share that I think I did, but I just want to say it one more time about this healing is so often found through taking uncomfortable actions. We might know what we need to do. There could be some resistance or procrastination. And in order to find healing and expand, often we have to do this harder feeling thing, whether it's reclaiming a creative practice or a specific gender identity or some kind of habit. So I'm asking you again, well, I'm, I'm, gently reminding you that if, say, one of your goals is to find love and in 2020 you went through a breakup and that's still your goal, the fact that you went through a breakup is not evidence that you are not deserving of love. Your desire is what reminds you that you are deserving of love or I don't know what you know, more healing or a career that's more in alignment with where you're at or a community of people that really can hold space for you, whatever it is, that heartbreak that maybe you suffered in the search of your healing is part of the process. It is not a, you know, limit or moratorium on how much you can experience. It is not this ending, it is not proof that you will never be able to experience what it is you desire, what it is you're searching for. It's usually just part of the process. So, you know, just ask yourself, what hard thing you need to do in your life to step forward into more alignment with your truth? This week and the last weeks of this month would be an opportune time to attend to taking those actions. And babes, I'm right here with you. Okay, my loves, I squeaked in just in the nick of time. 
with the last Minor Arcana number four episode. Today, I'm talking about the Four of Pentacles, one of my favorite fours. I do find a lot of interpretations I have come across of this card tend to flatten out this archetype a little bit, so we're going to get into it. This card is an archetype that can help us connect to our power, our inner power, our mental power, our physical health, and also our magical power. When I teach elemental intuition, which is a class I lead around the elements, the minor arcana, and connecting to our intuition, I speak about the pentacles as being a kind of gateway to our magic. And why is that? Well, it's a darn pentacle. It's a pentacle. You know, pentacles in which world usually correlate to magic. It's the four elements plus spirit. Yeah, some decks will call this suit coins. I believe uh, some decks will call this discs. For me, pentacles make a lot of sense because the earthly realm is often about the tangible outcomes of our magic, our energy, and our harnessed power. Pentacles are about the material realm, reality, and they are about our magic because it is our magic that precedes some of, not all, obviously, some of our experiences in the material world. I also believe that pentacles are about our lineage, our ancestry, our legacy, as well as uh, literal and metaphoric, meaning our lineage, say you are a jeweler, so part of your lineage are jewelers, right? Or you're a poet, so part of your lineage are poets. And the same with our legacy. It's not just our offspring as someone who will not, I will not have any children ever. You know, my legacy, I think about it in different ways than maybe what is commonly thought of as legacy. I think about the work we do in our world. I want to parse this out here. It is sure connected to career, sure it's connected to money, finances, absolutely. And also it's connected to the work we do in the world, which includes how we help others, how we influence others, what we are healing in our family line, how we are enjoying our lives, the outcomes of our efforts, which are not always related specifically to career or finances, but are related to our reality, to our tangible reality, to what we can touch. So, you know, it's a pretty big suit, really. I mean, they all are, aren't they? This is very meta. And again, they're all really meta. We're talking about symbols. We're talking about layers. We're talking about holographic experiences. But I do find that a lot of times there'll be interpretations of pentacles that flatten it out just to finances, just to money, just to career, just to what we do at our nine to five. And in my own experience and with clients, that's just simply not the case. It's a yes and kind of thing. The Four of Pentacles is also about energetic conservation. 
This is about material resources, what we have and what that looks like, what we feel like we need to be safe, resourced, and secure. We talked about this with the fours already, them being about support structures, healthy foundations, or examining foundations that aren't healthy. So with earth, we have a sort of more underlining of this stability, this security. The astrological correspondence of this card is sun and Capricorn. So the four of pentacles calls upon this energy of the earth, this ability to feel tangibly supported, our coping mechanisms, our strategies, our relationships, our schedule. I believe it's also about how we can trust in our magic, in being able to discern what is happening in our energetic field, as well as how refined we are at listening to and heeding signals and signs from our body. So there's a lot there. We have the body, we have feeling supported, we have gaining clarity and gaining power from understanding that what we do, our habits, the energy we bring to our hours, to our days, to our actions, then sometimes reflect back to us in our reality in our world. Sometimes also, I just want to slide in, this card can be no no dragging on people who love this card, no dragging on this archetype. This card can show up in sort of boring ways, like looking at what you have for breakfast, like looking at how you spend the first couple of hours of your day, like looking at your habits and your behaviors. And also, wow, there is so much there in the habits we do, in the repeated actions we take, in how we care for our body that aids us in what is going on, what is going to affect us for a long time because earth energy traditionally in the tarot is about long-term patterns, sustainable outcomes, you know, things that are going to influence and impact us for a long time. So our habits, our behaviors, how we care for our body, those things are definitely going to influence more long-term cycles and patterns in our lives. And also on this energetic conservation tip, before I forget, our energy is the most precious resource we have. And listening and attuning to our own energetic rhythms is totally a lifelong pursuit and it is a priceless one. You cannot put a a dollar amount on that. This card can initiate us into a greater process of respecting our own energetic rhythms and it can be a reminder and an affirmation at how well we're doing in this 
realm, at how our work in this realm has paid off for us. The power of boundaries come up with this card. Really, so much of what we achieve in this lifetime, in my humble opinion, boils down to boundaries. What you do with your time, how well you protect it, how well you protect your energy, how effectively you can communicate your needs, and how well you can advocate for yourself. The Four of Pentacles wants us to sink into trust and action around our energetic boundaries. When we receive this card, we can be asked to examine those as well as tune into any energetic leaks that are going on. This card often comes up when it is time to conserve energy and resources of all kinds. Don't give it all away, my babes. When you get this card, maybe you don't tell the person asking for your advice every single thing you can think of in the world. Maybe you don't spend four hours, I don't know what, responding to someone DMing you on the internet and you don't know them. I don't know. However this comes up for you, think about how you give your energy away and also conserve it, you know, conserving energy. Maybe we have to attend to internal work. Maybe we are tired, you know, whatever is going on for you, this archetype can be an affirmation that it is okay to do so. You don't need to do everyone else's job for them. You don't need to process everyone else's emotions and guide them into their best self and be their best cheerleader and pack their lunch and tend to their needs they didn't even know they had. You don't need to do that anymore in order to feel valued, worthy, and loved. And I'm bringing this up because this card is, again, about personal power. And so much of our personal power also stems from our self-worth. So much of our self-worth stems from how valuable we perceive our time, our energy, our bodies, and anything else that is coming up for you around this card to be. We're precious. This card reminds us that taking care of our physical health, our physical needs is important. Rest is important. Making that appointment, if we have to do it, is important. This card really is asking us to invest in or reinvest in gentle and loving ways to treat our body with care. I also see this card very much about being in gratitude for what we have, not hanging out in the energy of what we don't have. I also see this as taking care of what we have on different levels, taking care of what we have, what we own, who is in our lives already, figuratively, literally, is potent magic. How can you ask the universe for more when you aren't taking care of what you are lucky enough to have now? So when this card comes up and you feel like you're itchy, you're impatient, you're yearning for more or something different, look around at what is beautiful in your life and what has to be tended there first. 
so that you can sink into that gratitude so that you can welcome the different or the more. An attitude of gratitude for real is key to expanding your energy and your magical reach, I believe, because we all have so much more. And I want to be really clear. I'm talking figuratively as much as I am literally. You have your own unique geniuses. You have all the experiences that have brought you to this point. You have your own unique skill sets. You have your own loving relationships with other people. You know, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. We have a lot to be grateful for. So this card is a reminder of that. So I wanted to talk about the various shadow aspects of this card. I'm definitely someone who makes the connection with the cards showing up and with circumstances happening in one's outside world or with particular people one is coming into contact with. Sometimes, but not always. You know, at the end of the day, I do believe the cards are asking us to hang out with ourselves and what's going on in our life and to take accountability for whatever situation is happening externally and also to feel grateful if the situation is wonderful. And also the cards absolutely in my practice with my clients, in my own experience, definitely can reflect someone else in your life, a certain relationship, a certain situation, say it's happening in your family or with your job or in your spiritual practice even. That's what the tarot does so well. Sometimes you're just like, are you kidding me? You know, the card will show you your experience in visual form. So, The four of pentacles can show up when there's some kind of gatekeeper or other person you're relying upon, whether that's an employer or an editor or a friend or collaborator you're waiting on that will help you make some kind of decision, yada, 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 la, 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 you know what I'm talking about. But really what this is asking you to do is to look at where you are giving away your power, where you are tangling up emotions or holding yourself back from doing other things because you are giving away your power to someone else. You know, because again, this card is about personal power, personal energy. So sometimes people will pop up and they will remind you of where you're giving your power away. So, you know, if this card comes up and you find yourself waiting or, you know, thinking that you're not going to be able to do something without this person, you know, Check your perceptions and beliefs about what power you are attaching to this outside situation or this other person. Another shadow aspect of this card that we can take really literally sometimes is my personal nickname for this card, which is the hoarder. Where are you holding back? Where aren't you sharing? Where are you afraid to enact radical generosity? Where are you afraid to invest? Either your time, your energy, your money, maybe it's a new relationship, 
you know, thinking about that. Where are you holding back and how is that not maybe in your best interest? That card can come up when that's happening for you. This card also comes up in shadow in a specific way, which is in order to maintain some kind of resource, some kind of role, some kind of semblance of having a thing or owning a thing, one is contorting themselves in an unnatural position. Maybe that unnatural position is thinking you need to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe that unnatural position is thinking you have to, I don't know what, hang back in a certain aspect of your life. And that's the only way. Uh, You know, obviously there's sometimes control stuff can come up here. You know, what you think you have to control. Do you have to control everything? Where can you give up some control? You know, so that is also something to think about when the four of pentacles comes up for you. The need to control, the thoughts we think that are like, if I don't do it all, you know, it won't happen or it will all fall apart. Or in order for this thing to, you know, get done well, we have to do it all ourselves or no one's going to help me or whatever that is. Just good old fashioned control issues. You got to ask yourself, what is that impulse to control a stand in for? Our ego might really be soothed by the illusion of control. But the universe is not soothed by the illusion of control. We are reminded constantly by the universe that we are not in control. The universe also likes flexibility. The universe likes spaciousness. So while a healthy energetic field does help your magic, A controlling one does not proceed accordingly. And back to boundaries and the shadow of this card with boundaries, boundaries are not being a brick wall. Having boundaries is not a stand-in for emotional withholding, right? So that can sometimes be the extreme of this card. Are you retreating and holding back emotionally because you want to punish someone? or because you were taught that that's what one does, you know, this card can function sometimes in that way. And just some practical messages from the Four of Pentacles is working smarter, not harder. My babes, let's learn this lesson. Let's work smarter. Not so much that we get burnt out all the time. The Four of Pentacles can be a warning about a potential burnout. Also, getting clarity about finances. This card can come up when we have to spend some time with our bank account, where we might need to figure out where we are overspending, what's going on there, and why. It can very much be a reality check around what's happening in reality, what's happening with your habits, what's happening with, you know, how your house is set up, 
how your days are set up, your overall schedule, figure out what is and isn't working. Tiny habits add up over time. It's the habits and our practices and what we consume and who we speak to every day and what we look at that ends up shaping our lives. And the Four of Pentacles asks us to consider this seriously so that we may build lives of meaning. It asks us to define what personal stability means for us and to create a practice out of it because that also will define our growth. So that's what I've got this week. I am wishing all of you a healthy, safe, joyous week filled with clarity, filled with taking actions around clarity, filled with rest if you need to, filled with conversations you need to have if you need to, and that's including yourself. And I'm just sending everyone so much love, so much gratitude until next week. You are listening to Moonbeaming, a podcast that is presented by Modern Women. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner. The editor is Caitlin George Parker. Music is by Will Owen and myself. If you like what you hear or it's giving you benefit, I would love it if you would rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. I'd love it even more if you told a friend or two. All right. Bye. Which is brewing in the kitchen, which is dreaming in the dark, which is celebrating.